What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I've got special repeat guest Trevor White on the line, and we dive deep into mindset, minimalism, millennials, how to properly raise kids, even though neither of us have kids. We just kind of shot some ideas based off of how we were raised and what our parents were like. We talk about work ethic. We talk about grind, hustle, business. We talk about all kinds of things, and for whatever reason, I was fired up when I recorded this podcast. You can probably tell based off the intro that I'm pretty fired up right now because this conversation was on fire, and I know you're going to like it. I certainly enjoyed it. Trevor was a great guest. Sit back, relax, learn something, and just enjoy. Soak it up, apply it, live it. And Trevor, we're live. How are you, man? Doing great, man. How you doing? I'm doing wonderfully well, wonderfully well. We have not been on a podcast for quite some time. What's it been, like a year since I had you on last, I think? Man, I think... Or more than a year, really. Maybe even more more than a year. It's been a while, man. Um, last time I went on, I think, was right before I was going to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like a year and a half, close to two years. So... Anybody that hadn't listened to that first podcast definitely needs to. We dove into minimalism a little bit. We talked about nutrition. We talked we talked about a lot of things. But I wanted to get you back on to dive into that even further and kind of really flesh out the mindset because I feel like you've undergone a lot of changes here lately and you've got a lot of things coming that have kind of forced you to dig deep into what who you are as a person but then also your mindset towards every decision you make as a person. For sure, man. I'd love to get into all that. Um, yeah, you know, this year, I, I uh, in September, I recently turned 30 years old, and mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of like a revelation for me. I turned 30, and I was like, you know, what am I, what am I doing, and what I, what have I been doing? Um, at the time of our last podcast, I was, I was working in a job which I thoroughly enjoyed. Like, I liked the job itself. Mm-hmm. I liked the work. Um, I was actually doing UI design for, um, aggregating like health data, which was super cool. So it was like in the realm of health and, and stuff. So we were aggregating health data and I was doing all of the, and UI is user interface. So I was doing all of like what it looks like on a screen, which was super cool. Um, the job was amazing. The company was great. Um, but for me it was unfulfilling. Like I was working long hours and I was just feeling really unfulfilled. I wasn't I wasn't super passionate about it. You know what I mean? Totally. So, you know, I, at the time we were talking, I think it was the day before the first podcast we did. I, I, um, I ended up leaving the job, um, because I was unfulfilled and and things were like, just, I wasn't, I was unhappy. Um, and mindset is huge for me. Um, passion and being passionate about what you do and, and really diving into that type of that stuff is, is huge. Um, you know, that whole cliche of you want to be passionate about what you do and not everybody can do it. It's just finding something that you truly love. Um, I, I feel like that topic, you know, working a job that you dislike, knowing kind of when to cut the cord, drop the safety net and just jump is, I, I get questions about that all the time. So we can definitely flesh that out in further detail if you like. Yeah, man. I mean, I know your story as far as um, working. I think railroad or yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was in management at the railroad, and same same situation as you, man. I just felt totally unfulfilled. That was kind of what I had, quote unquote, gone to school for, and like, you know, went through the whole corporate America interview process and had all the you know flying marks and everything. And I was living what most people would see as 
a successful life like my parents thought it was successful like everything was you know i was i was checking all the boxes basically but if you're not fulfilled you're not fulfilled yeah 100 percent, man like that's huge for me um <clears throat> when i was in uh college you know i went to school for exercise and nutrition physiology um and then i went to grad school for the same thing exercise and nutrition science and that you know for me, I've always trained. I've been training since I was like 13 years old. My dad brought me into the YMCA. I used to play basketball and then I used to just go work out with him. So I've been training since I was young and like tr working out was always my passion and being an athlete. I was a three sport athlete, soccer, hockey, baseball, you know, I was always active. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt this immense pressure after college. I really liked doing research. I worked a little bit in the research performance lab at school and I loved doing the research. But I felt immense pressure by everyone around me to get a job, pay off my student loans, do these things. Like, so, you know, I never really chased my, what I was passionate about. And instead I focused on trying to find a job that would make other people happy. And mm -hmm. it killed me overall. Like it just, it killed me because here I am checking all these boxes, but I'm checking all the boxes for the wrong reasons, you know? And it was just, it was painful. It was miserable. Like, don't get me wrong. I loved the job. It was great, but it paid well. It, you know, I was checking those boxes, but I just, I was not passionate about it. And, and it just showed in my, in the quality of work that I was producing for the company. It's kind of weird because, you know, you and I are about the same age. I'm 28, you're 30. I'm assuming our parents probably, you know, had like a similar outlook towards finding a career path and working, you know, in that job for an extended period of time. I mean, like I look at my folks and you know, they haven't jumped, they haven't jumped around to many different jobs. Like they found a job that's worked really well for them and they've gone up in that company. You know, my dad's in education, my mom's in the medical industry and in nursing, but it's like the whole concept of, you know, finding one job and then just sticking with it and then being able to accrue like, you know, um, a retirement from that and getting getting a pension plan like that stuff just doesn't really exist anymore in this day and age and they give us advice based off of what's worked well for them but they don't really recognize that it's not really applicable anymore to our generation and future generations oh my god i i, I couldn't agree more with what you just said and it's true you know my parents i i give a lot to my parents my parents had both me and my brother my brother is six years older than me um, you know, my, my mom was 16 years old when she had my brother, my dad was 18. So what they had to go through at that age to have, uh, you know, a kid that young and, and to kind of, and then I was six years later. So my, you know, my mom was 22 and she had me like, that's still young, man. I'm 30 mm -hmm. years old. I don't even have kids. Um, and it's just, it's just completely different. You know, they had to work hard their whole life. Um, so what they know is a little bit different than what, kind of I'm going through now. So they give you, you're right, they give you this advice based on uh, their experience, which is what most people do, which it's great advice. And, you know, looking back when I was younger at some of the advice that my mom or dad would give me, I'm like, well, shoot, they were right about a lot of things. And you don't understand it at the time because you're young, you think you, you rule the world and you can do anything. You're kind of bulletproof. So you kind of go through these things and you, you kind of learn by your own mistakes. And that I truly believe that's the only way to learn. Mm -hmm. um, because people could tell you exactly what to do and you just, you're going to do what you want to do anyway. You know, did your parents uh, talk to you much about like finances when you were a kid, like growing up around the dinner table or just in general, like they ever like sit you down and talk to you about, okay, how do you get credit? Like, how do you 
you know, kind of build a foundation for yourself? Or that was that kind of like just not really in the conversation? Uh, it wasn't in the conversation with my mom, but my dad was is very financially strict, um, like super, super financially strict. And he would try to have those conversations with me as I hit college. Mm -hmm. uh, not too much prior because I just wouldn't understand, but like he really tried to have those conversations with, with me in college. Um, and at the time, I just really didn't want to hear it. You know, I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of blow it off and, you know, move on. Um, but like a lot of the stuff I, I have these conversations with them all the time. I'll, I'll call them and be like, man, you were right about this. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. It, it is funny. Cause like I look at my folks and I feel like, I mean, I, I've learned so much from my parents and I, I'm very proud to have the parents that I do. I mean, they've, they've, they've had a net positive effect on my life without a doubt. But when mm -hmm. it comes to like finances, I've really had to kind of figure that out on my own or my uncle was, was a pretty pretty savvy about that so I learned a lot of my business skills from him but it's kind of crazy man like just as, a, as an example you know Crystal my wife she she was always taught to just pay everything in cash you know don't ever open up a credit card and that's like pretty common advice for people that are our age I feel like we grew up hearing that from our parents and yeah. we're trying to get her a vehicle right now and she has one line of credit because she's just paid cash for everything and yeah. it's like pulling teeth to get a, a vehicle because it's like they don't they don't want to do it they, they just there's this societal norm this this you know checklist that companies that corporations that, that everybody wants to put you through and if you don't fit in their normal you know everyday status quo boxes then it's just like you know impossible to do anything so true so true a hundred percent that i mean that that's exactly how my dad um tells me to do it like it you know, he, he did give me the recommendation to get a credit card so I could start building credit. But what he said was, you know, buy groceries, buy gas, pay it off at the end of the month. And that's how you're going to, you know, you're going to raise your credit and things like that. So he's like, pay it in cash right away. Um, but before that, before a credit card even was in the picture, it was, if you don't have the money for it, do not buy it. Only mm -hmm. pay in cash. He's like, don't just rack up all this money in, in credit card debt. It just makes it in it's amazing advice. It's great advice. And I wish uh, at the time I listened to him. So I racked up a little credit card, debt, but like not a ton. Uh, it's all paid off now, which is great. But you know, at the time when you're in college, you, you just don't want to hear those things, but mm -hmm. it's true, man. It's, it's crazy. It's great advice. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like a dichotomy that exists. I mean, you can over leverage yourself to the hilt and then that's obviously not, not good either, but having that, you know, middle, middle ground is key. And I feel like I don't know, man. I, I'm going to have, I don't have kids yet either, but when I do, I'm I'm going to make it a very valiant effort on my part to sit them down and educate them about how the world works and like finances and, you know, checking debits, credits, all this stuff so that they're not going into the world blind because those are the kind of skills that people need to have in order to set themselves up and have a compounding, you know, positive effect for the entirety of their lifetime, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I completely agree with that. You know what I, I really love, um, and you know, our mutual friend Danny Vega and Mauda. Mm -hmm. I love watching how they they treat their kids and talk to their kids. It's such an inspiration to me because, you know, the way they talk speak to them about nutrition and have them understand, like, hey, listen, you can have that lollipop or that piece of cake. Just be in tune with how you feel after that. And the kids ultimately always make the right decision they will always be like you know i had a piece i don't feel good after i don't want that anymore mm -hmm. it's it's really amazing and it makes me 
so confident that, you know, when I decide to have kids that if you just sit, if you love them and you sit with them and you speak to them and you tell them, instead of telling them, no, you understand, you, t- you teach them what is going to happen, the repercussions of these things, instead of just saying no, they ultimately will make the right decisions. And, and I think that comes with being a good parent. I, I just like, Danny and Mallard to me are just, they're such an inspiration. I just love that what they're doing in, in way of raising their, their kids. hundred percent, man. I feel like you need to, and again, I don't have kids, so I may be totally just off the wall here, but like sure. when I do have kids, I want to be able to talk to them and teach them in a, in a conversative way. That's like giving them the respect as if they were another, an adult, because like, if you're talking to them as an adult, like if you, if you're talking to me and I don't know how to do something, like you're going to be patient with me. You're going to like explain it. And then the light bulb is going to go off and I'm going to fully, you know, back up and understand and grasp the concept. And I feel like kids, you know, they're capable of a lot more than people give them credit for. If you actually sit down and have a conversation with them and treat them with respect, then, I mean, obviously they need to know that you're the parent and that what you say, you know, goes to an extent, but actually sitting down and taking the time to explain why there's a decision that's being made. I feel like that's going to be the best thing for them in the long run. Of course. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm at the point now where, you know, kids is really starting to become a, a serious talk. I, I've been in a committed relationship for a long time. And so, you know, it's things that we talk about. We, we ultimately, Katie and I, you know, we, we like to travel. We want to live for ourselves first for a little bit. And we want to enjoy, you know, the, you know, what comes with not having kids at the moment. Mm-hmm. When we're ready, we talk about these things, exactly what we're talking about now. It's like, you know, we want to raise intelligent kids that can make decisions on their own, but are strong and, and not to just go with the normal, the norm. You know, we, we want them to go against the grain occasionally. Like what's normal clearly isn't working in the, in the way of like nutrition and things like that. So, you know, it's these conversations are, are uh, real for us now. Yeah, man, I I get a lot of people, like in my family especially, I mean, just people that know me and have known me for a while, and they try to give me all this advice as far as, like, you know, what to do with my education, what to do with my, you know, business, how and when to have kids, how to raise these kids. But then I, I look, I think this is the litmus test that everybody needs to use. Like, look at that individual. Look at the life that they're living. Do you want that life? Do you want to emulate how they're living? If so, then perk your ears up and you know put some weight into what they're saying and if not then you know be respectful and listen to what they have to say and but don't necessarily abide by it i mean so many exactly yeah so many people tell me how to live my life and i look at how they're living theirs and i don't want their life so why would i follow their advice when it got them to that point that i don't want to be in anyways exactly and and that's uh, what you just said is is to me is 100 percent correct like people just i think they just love giving advice. Um, they love just putting their two cents in, in, in any way, shape or form. Um, but ultimately if you're, you're right, if like, you don't, if that's not the lifestyle you want to live, you're not going to live that. And like, just disregard, like you can speak, like you could be a decent human being, listen to what they have to say and then just disregard and yeah. do your own thing. And people just, I think they like to follow the norm. I don't, I'm not sure. Like this is, this is kind of where it gets into the mindset thing. Um, is like the people, People like you and I and Danny and, and people who, who wake up on a daily basis, early risers, um, and they, they have these daily routines that they do. And it's like these incremental gains day over, you know, day over day, month over month, year over year. It's just like doing the just minutia every damn day 
is so completely not normal that when people go like oh why do you do this every day oh that's crazy they like it's like it's like far-fetched to them when you tell them what you do on a daily basis and they're like they can't even believe it because it's so different yeah but what's crazy is like for us doing it it's not abnormal (laughs) at all like our perspective is such that it's just as much part of the day as brushing our teeth you know and like it, it definitely wasn't like I don't want somebody to hear me say that and then just seeing think that I'm like some other level because that definitely was not always the case. Like everybody has to build that perspective over time by doing hard shit day in and day out. Like it just doesn't happen overnight. But once you get there and you have that perspective and you kind of see what's possible, you see what's what's possible when you truly apply yourself. It's it becomes this addictive drug and you just like keep grasping for more. Like that high that I get when I know I've just done something great. Like I, I yearn for it and I have to do something the next day that gets me even closer, you know? A hundred percent. Exactly. I really, um, for me, I think, I don't know about you and I'm not sure if you played sports when you were younger, but for me, hockey practice was always before school, 4am. So like I'm, I, I attribute a lot of the reason why I wake up so early is because of that originally. Um, but then it was, it, it was just creating the daily routines and the daily habits through high school. I started at a young age. And I always tell people what you just said. It's like, I didn't get to the point I'm at now. Like, it wasn't like magic. I didn't snap my fingers and I just started doing these things. It was like, okay, I started waking up at 4 a.m. I did that for a year. I started making my bed after I woke up. Okay, I did that. Like, that That gets you. It's like these small little things, mm-hmm. these changes that you make every single day. And I've refined it to a point where I just have these daily morning routines, which is exactly what you said it's waking up and brushing your teeth that's that's what it is now so what what is your routine looking like now man so every morning i'm up at 4 a.m um typically up prior to that but it's usually 4 a.m i kind of i roll out of bed i walk out right away i drink about 12 to 20 ounces of water i just drink ice cold water and try to chug as much as i can just to get me get me rolling after that um i weigh myself and then I, you know, bowel movements, I go to the bathroom once a day in the morning, and then I, uh, I proceed to make my coffee. So from four to five, that's kind of what happens. I, I make my coffee and my morning coffee takes usually takes about 20, 30 minutes to make. I use a siphon press. I just like the, uh, I really enjoy the process of making coffee. So I grind the bean, Mm -hmm. uh, I put it in the press, I boil the water, all this stuff. So it it takes, it's a process, but it, I enjoy it. That's kind of what gets me going in the morning. As I'm doing that, I read, uh, for, this is now year three. Uh, I've been reading the daily stoic. So I just read that passage every day. Um, and it's the same passage every year. It's just, you know, 366 days of just these passages on, uh, stoicism that I read every day. Uh, I sit, have my coffee. Maybe I will, you know, get a little bit of work done. Um, typically I don't, it just depends. And then I will, um, move on to uh, usually at 6am. So now I don't know if you know this, I'm, I'm, uh, training, um, doing personal training, which completely fills me. It's in my, the realm that I love. Um, so I'm training right now. So at 6am, I have my first client every day, Monday through Friday. Nice. I like it. I like it. It's, uh, it's funny because there's so many similarities with that in my, I mean, I, I wake up at three and then I start making my coffee, but it, it's weird because I, I, I yearn for that moment in the morning. Like my mornings are precious. I wake up at three so that nobody else can disturb me. Nobody else is up at three. And that coffee 
especially now that I'm going to prep my calories are low. Like I, I really look forward to those few cups of coffee. And I went out and I bought a manual grinder, like one where I have to like, you know, use a handle and crank this uh, yeah. machine to grind the coffee beans. Um, so it takes a pretty good little while to, to have a cup of coffee. But same thing with you, man. I love the process. And it's just, it like psychs me up for the day. I, I do all my, you know, client work and emails and everything, get that done. I do a lot of my creative work in the mornings. Um, I don't know if you've experienced this yet because I think your calories are still high enough that you, you haven't got to that point. But I'm at this weird point in my prep where it's like I'm in survival mode because my body, you know, I, I set my alarm for three, but I haven't woken up at three in quite some time. The past several days I've been waking up prior to my alarm. Like today, for instance, I woke up at one thirty, and I've been wired ever since. <laughs> I I have experienced that this week, actually, uh, just oh, really? recently. And yeah, um, just the last couple of days, that's it. Just, yeah, the last two days I've experienced that. Like this morning, um, I was up at like three, three change and, you know, I was just ready to go. I kind of laid in bed because of wait, just waiting for my alarm. But, uh, mm-hmm. but I was up, I felt the same way. I don't know why, like, I don't know why that happens, but it happens every time I get pretty deep into a contest prep. It's like my body knows that I'm outside of the comfort zone. And it's just like, like if, you know, evolutionary speaking, if I was way back in the day and had gone this long with, you know, this low of a surplus in food, I'm probably just like wired to be needing to hunt and kill. But now it's like, I'm specifically doing it on purpose, you know, so I don't need to be out hunting and killing, but I just need to be killing the work and grinding and being, you know, my A game in in business. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's an interesting thought. Like you just thinking like ancestrally, like, would you want to be waking up because you're so uh, in a calorie deficit that you'd want to wake up and hunt. That's that's I didn't we didn't even put two and two together. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, what's your is your protein higher right now or is it lower? Because I remember when I was um, I did a cut myself. I was doing my own macros and I, I went right before I was going to Hawaii and I I was like at a true therapeutic ketogenic diet approach. Like I was probably around eighty five percent, eighty six percent fat. Mm-hmm. My protein got really low, and when my protein got that low, my fat was super high like that. When around eighty six, eighty seven percent, I couldn't sleep. Like three, two, three o'clock rolled around, I was like, "Shoot, like I'm up, I'm ready to go." Yeah, and it's weird because like I don't necessarily like because I'm definitely getting less than optimal amounts of sleep, so I know like it's not sustainable, like it's gonna catch up with me if I don't like try to mitigate it. But at the same time, like, I love it because I don't feel like I'm, I mean, I feel totally coherent in this podcast right now. This conversation is rolling great. I don't feel like I'm nodding off. And I just, right. my level of productivity is through the freaking roof right now. And it's like I want to leverage that. But at the same time, I know that I kind of need to hedge my bets and make sure that I'm doing everything in my power to ensure that I do get ample sleep, you know? Yeah, you don't want to burn out. And I remember that's the same thing for me. Like, I was waking up so early, but I felt, I felt fully recovered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have an aura ring. I wasn't tracking anything at the time and I don't now, but I, uh, I literally, when I would get up at that time, I just felt fully recovered. I felt that I was ready to take on the day and I was ready to go. And then during the day, same thing. I, I never had lulls and, um, I, I never felt like I needed to take a nap or anything like that. So yeah, same. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I used to like an old version of me kind of speaking about like snapping your fingers I would have just laid in bed and tossed and turned, hoping that I would fall back asleep. But now it's like I'm self-aware enough to know that if I'm in that state, it's not going to happen. Like once I start thinking about business, like there's no stopping it. So I just need to get up and start working. Um, 
but I feel like, you know, knowing that about yourself is, is good. <laughs> oh, exactly. hundred percent. I agree. It's fine. I want, I want to dive into, like I said, we, we talked about minimalism a little bit in the, the past podcast, but I feel like you and I have both undergone some changes, you know, just in, in career path and life path. Like I feel like we can add another layer of value in that mm-hmm. conversation. So you want to kind of dive into minimalism? Yeah, man. Um, so recently, I think you know this, uh, Katie and I moved from Tampa. We left Tampa and we moved back to Jersey, um, which is where her um, parents live, um, her mom. And we decided that we wanted to move back because my mom lives in Rhode Island. Um, that's where I'm from. Originally, she her family's in Jersey. We wanted to be closer to family um, with the goal of we want to move to Hawaii. Um, and that's, that's our end goal of where we want to end up. Um, that we feel that that is where we want to take life and kind of raise our children and things like that. Um, so we really pared down our life. We're living in kind of like an ensuite of her mom's house. Mm -hmm. Um, and even in Tampa, we didn't have much. We have a couch, a TV, uh, we, we have normal stuff, but literally if you get rid of my couch, my dresser, my bed, my TV, I have a bag of clothes, so we don't really have a lot of things, you know. Um, we could probably go without more stuff, but at the time, you know, when we were living in Tampa, we had a lot of things because we had our own apartment, so we had things on the walls and all these things that you would accumulate that you feel that um, provides a better life for you. But I think ultimately, that doesn't necessarily provide a better life. Having the accumulation of a bunch of things, mm-hmm. um, I think what you need is you know, uh, a loving partner, if, if that's, if that's the way that you go, like a loving partner that you can be with and you can share the, share your emotions with and things like that. Um, and just, you know, being outside and getting involved in nature and going on hikes and things like that, like that's how you really feel fulfilled. And then being in a fulfilling job, if you, if you don't have the luxury of like owning your own business or doing something like that, like being in a job that fulfills you, um, that's kind of where like modern day middle minimalist works for me, I think. Um, and when I was in Tampa, I, I didn't have a car. Uh, I rode my bike to work every day. Like, so, it, you know, even when it was raining, rain, rain sun or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, I, I ride my bike to work. Um, and that's, it's just always worked for me. I know it doesn't work for most people, but having less stuff, you know, it's so weird. I had this conversation with Katie. I have moved a lot in my life in Tampa alone. I went there, I lived in Tampa for 10 years. I probably lived in 16 different places. Um, and then I, I started thinking about, it. I was having this talk with Katie and I was like, you know what? It makes sense that I'm, it's very hard for me to like settle down in one place. I like, I have this like wanderlust about me that I just want to travel and see things. And I, when I look back at my childhood, my parents divorced, you know, they, they are divorced and they divorced young, you know. Um, so I was 10 when they, they got a divorce. And within that, I remember living in multiple places with them. So my mom had three, four, five different places I lived in with her. And then my dad, same thing, five, six, seven different places. And on the weekends, I would, you know, I'd be with one parent one week and then the next parent the other week. And I was always moving. I was always traveling. I, I lived out of a bag. I, would back, pack up my clothes and I would pack up my Xbox and I would go to my dad's. And then the next week I'd pack all that stuff up and I'd go to my mom's and I'm like, Oh shit, excuse my language, but Oh, oh shoot. Like that's probably why I'm so minimalist now. Like I 
living out of a bag and not having a lot of things that's just normal for me now yeah it's it's so good though man i feel like like when you have just the essentials you don't have this weight on you and i feel like a lot of people don't recognize that they even have this weight until they're stripped of it and then it's like they can breathe for the first time in years and then they're able to put two and two together and understand where it's coming from like i look at my life and i've got a whole bunch of stuff in regards to the business i mean the business like we've got you know commercial mixtures like there's a lot of you know equipment that the business has but like my personal stuff like we have one bedroom and all of our personal stuff fits in that one bedroom and I like that because, like, the only things that I have, I use. And if I don't use it, I don't want it. And I feel like you, when you live life in that way, you're able to live with so much more creativity and so much just energy because you're not weighed down by all this monotonous bullshit. Yeah, I c- couldn't agree more. Uh, like I said, we live in this, like, little ensuite. It's It's maybe the size of a bedroom, a little bit bigger. Um, and same thing. All of our stuff fits in this one room. We have nothing else. It's like it's crazy. Why do you think so many people? Because I've been, I've been. I mean, I look at my parents. Like I said, I love my parents. I don't want to have this podcast and seem like I'm bashing them. But I look at their lives, and I feel like they're very happy. Like they're very sincere, very genuine. You know, they are very fulfilled in life. But I look around their house, and they have like all these little trinkets, all these little things, all these little pictures, all these little figurines. And I'm like, does this, does this thing, does this? Does this figure of this elephant statue really add that much value to your life? And I feel like so many people have all this stuff, and it's like, why? Like, if I had to move, get up and move right now, like, I would not want to pack your house. I'm dying right now. It's hilarious. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think maybe it's a generational thing as far as older generations used to just acquire these things, and then they would pass them on, and they were just these – trinkets and all this stuff that you would just pass on and they, these little things that because they probably you didn't have as much like things weren't online like they are now and you, I don't know I'm not sure exactly what it is but it feels to me like it would be a generational thing because the same thing my although my my dad my, my dad and my mom don't have like a ton of things but I my, you know older my grandpa grandparents do have a ton of stuff like you go to their house and you're just like I don't understand like what is what is all this stuff yeah like you said statues and stuff and it's weird because (laughs) they want to pass it down to you they they're they were asking me you know we've got this this chair this bedroom suite chair set that we'd really love to give you and i'm like i don't really want it you know and that like hurt their feelings and it's like look i love you for you i don't need your chairs to you know connect with you (laughs) (laughs) so true it's yeah it's weird it's got to be a generational thing i'm not positive i feel that a lot of people, a lot of kids or, you know, around our age, it's, it really, I feel like it really started changing with our generation, you know, um, yeah. millennials where it was like, we didn't accumulate too, too much. Um, and now it's at the point where I feel like millennials really can't accumulate too much because, you know, everyone kind of did the normal thing. What was normal was, you know, uh, go to a good college, get a degree, put yourself in tons of student loan debt, come out of college, go live back at home. So now you're like, you don't even, you can't even buy a house. You can't do anything. You know, typically I would say with most millennials right now. Yeah. We, we can, we can dive into millennials too, man. Cause I've got, you know, I am a millennial. So I feel like I, I can, <laughs> I can safely talk bad about them because they, they definitely strike a, nor- a nerve with me in some ways. Um, 
but I want I want to kind of get your perspective. Like, so what do you think about this whole generational millennial mindset and just group think shift? Like, if you, I think, yeah, like if you were to just recap as to what your view is, because they get a lot of flack, and I don't necessarily want to be like always the bearer of bad news, but some of it's probably warranted. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think it's I think it's a little bit warranted. I think the switch started happening with the mi- millennials in, in this way of like how we thought. Um, and things kind of what they do. And then like now it's, it's progressively gotten worse. Um, I admit, so the way I was brought up and the way my dad brought us up was very old school. So although I'm a millennial and I feel like you have this too, it's like, although we are millennials, we still have, we're like the last of our kind that's hanging on to some of the old school thought patterns as far as um, the way you're brought up as a, as a kid. Like we may have, like out of the box views on some things but we're still pretty old school and that's why we talk about like setting habits and doing these things and like so I don't know I don't know with millennials themselves like why I'm not sure I'm not sure what happened with the switch or like we feel so entitled to things and I will say when I like when I went originally went to college like I, I did fall into that whole millennial shift where like you kind of feel entitled for things but then my whole life changed when I just started becoming minimalist and kind of like started changing my mindset on a bunch of things. Um, But I'm not, I'm not sure why that I'm not really sure why it is. I couldn't pinpoint anything. I totally agree with you though. I feel like I am very much so kind of old school and thinking when it comes to, you know, just interacting with other human beings, like looking people in the eye, shaking their hand with intention and yeah. you know, knowing how to carry a conversation instead of just always gravitating to your cell phone. Um, I think for me, this shift occurred, and I really kind of opened my eyes when I built my own business and I started hiring other people my age. Because like, like, I typically, you know, given the opportunity, I'm gonna be interacting and kind of hanging around a circle of people that are 10 to 20 years older than me, like just by default. Like that's just who I gravitate to. But most of the people that are my age, and you know, within you know, five years on the younger side of my age, like that I've hired and fired over the past few years. Like, I don't know where the sense of entitlement comes from. And I don't want to say that all millennials are are lazy because there are definitely some hustlers out there that are millennials. But this, this sense of entitlement that the world owes you something will never cease to blow my mind. Like I, I cannot wrap my head around it because it's just, it pisses me off, man. Like people are not willing to work for what they want, like they just expect a handout, and I've had to work for everything I've owned or never will own, and I take pride in that. But people take pride in getting away with everything they can for free. Like it's just, it's just a weird shift. Yeah, I, I think of a lot. I, I, I'm not sure, and I'm not very political and things like that. But I think a lot has to do with certain political views and just the way that the world is now. You just, you have to be touchy with everything you say nowadays. Like. I don't know. It's, it's really tough. It's this day and age. You you just, you can't do or say as much as you could in the past. Like the whole, like, I I don't agree with bullying, but in the past, like I remember when I was a kid, like kids got bullied and it was never the issue that it is now. Or maybe I was a kid and I just didn't notice it, but if I felt like it was never the biggest issue that it is now, or uh, like, not just bullying, but like just in general, being a kid, like, oh, you know, that's, that's being a kid. Like you, I'm not sure. I, I think there was a shift along the way and I'm not, I, I don't know where the sense of entitlement came from. 
I uh, I made a post about this on Instagram a few days back, talking about like natural selection and how you know if we were actually out in the wild, we'd you know left to our own devices, most humans would be screwed. Um, but I was you know the whole kind of conversation around that post stemmed from this thought of you know needing to have the desire to put in the work as if your life depended on it, even though it doesn't necessarily. I mean, we have you know amazing technology, amazing medical advancements, like we can cheat death for lack of a better word when it comes to you know what we would be able to get away with if we were in a third world country but I feel like so many people have taken that fact and run with it and it's really kind of led to their demise because they just there's no ingrained inherent like desire to survive anymore it's like let's just be mediocre at best and this laziness that stems from that is is just it's like a it's like a cancer, man. It just keeps spreading, and it's it's sad to see, but I don't know. We need to do something to fix it and change course. A hundred percent. I saw the post. I absolutely loved it, and I couldn't agree more with that post that you, you did. It's funny you, you say mediocre, like being okay with mediocrity. mediocrity. My um, Like you, I, my manifesto for 2020 this year is stop being mediocre. That, that's it. Just stop being mediocre in everything, everything I do. Um, and it's just like, I don't, not that I feel that I was mediocre in everything I did in the, in the past, but I turned, like I said, I turned 30 this year and I'm like, get after it, man. Like start living your life. Like anything that I didn't accomplish or I didn't get done in my twenties, like it's go time. Like I, there's no time to sleep. It's like every morning you wake up, you feel fueled and you're just, you're going after your goals. Yeah. So like I've set, you know, these goals this year and. I, I'm going to attain those no matter what, like, I don't like whatever I have to do, it's going to happen. So it's just my manifesto for this year is just stop being mediocre. I love that, man. I mean, you people know if they're putting in the work or not. And everybody's, you know, degree of what that is, is going to be different. Like your perspective is different. Your outlook on what hard work is, is different. But you know, you know, internally for yourself, if you are hustling and pushing, or if you're just kind of flying underneath the radar so i mean i would encourage anybody no matter where that is on their you know generational timeline to put in the work because when you can go to bed at night knowing that you actually put in an honest day even if nobody saw it like you did it for yourself and that's the main reason to do it anyways like do it for yourself i mean obviously you want to do it for you know the betterment of humanity but like you're not trying to do something to appease somebody else or like get brownie points like do it because you know in your heart for it to be true and right but then do that day in day out without fail and look back on how much more success and progress you make in that time like seeing those results in and of itself motivates you or they should motivate you to keep on putting in that work because when you actually see the fruits of your labor how can you not be excited and motivated to keep on killing it exactly yeah couldn't agree more and a little segue into like maybe more of like the nutrition side um you know most people don't know like I, I don't really I'm not huge on social media I don't really like portray anything like that, but I try to show the side of me where I'm trying to be more active as far as far as like kind of motivating people to just get after it every day mm-hmm. um but I do show a lot of like my strength conditioning training like my my background is programming um so getting strong and things like that and I've always stuck to my macronutrients and whatever I've done the last 10 to 15 years for myself and this year I decided because I'm trying to stop being mediocre I wanted to use a coach that coach happens to be you 
Um, and I am putting in the work. It's what week six now. Mm-hmm. And the changes that we've had in six weeks because, you know, I'm the, the stress of me creating the macronutrients for myself and my ability to just get after it now is ridiculous. Like the, uh, I don't, I, I didn't get a chance to tell you this, but this week has probably been my best week thus far in training. Um, two weeks ago, we had that little lack where it was probably like a little bit of adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't feel great. Uh, added in some potassium and this week is, I've just been killing it. My strength has gone up. Um, even though we're dropping calories, uh, it's insane. I feel great. Yeah, man. I mean, there's, there's nothing cooler than that because like we're dropping calories. I mean, we're, we're basically doing the same thing with your nutrition as I'm doing with my nutrition for this prep. And I, I can say the same thing. Like my strength has gone up. My energy has gone up. My, my pumps and vascular, everything's improved. I've gotten leaner. You've gotten leaner. You know, our weight has dropped gradually, but the, the changes in the mirror have been dramatic. And the, the best part is, you know, both for you and I, I've only adjusted my macros and your macros by like five grams here, five grams there, maybe 10 grams. And the same is true with life. Like the, the changes that we've seen consistently over the past several weeks and the, the minuscule changes that we've made, like just in the day-to-day nutrition is a metaphor for what's possible in life. Like you just consistently without fail, make this dedicated effort to, to chip away at something and then look back at it. And it's just going to be a night and day difference. Yes, it's so crazy um, because, like I said, I am I, uh, I'm doing personal training out of this facility, right? And I I work with a lot of my clients, and people just they expect this like easy button, like I hit this button, my macros are this, and I should be losing weight. And they they put so much stock in like how much they weigh rather than like you know taking progress pics and seeing what your your body is doing seeing how you feel getting to bed early doing all like like i said in the beginning like the minutia the shit the hard work every single day and that's like that's what i'm like gaining right now like the fruits of my labor like that hard work i'm in bed i'm in bed by eight o'clock every night i'm up early every morning like i'm trying to get my sleep in i am completely in tune with every single thing that I'm doing, my training, everything. Like you said, I'm getting better pumps in the gym right now. You know, it's weird. I don't know if you noticed this, but yesterday was a, was an upper body strength base for, for me. And I, I, I went to failure on uh, three sets of chest press, like bench, dumbbell bench. Mm-hmm. Typically I would be extremely sore. Um, I'm usually one day post. I'm, I'm pretty sore. I have zero soreness. And I went to complete failure. Like I couldn't even move the weight at all. Um, I have zero soreness and I don't know. I, I know that's a form like usually with keto, I'm, I'm less sore. I don't get much of as much of this pump cause you don't have the, the glycogen, but it's, it's weird. Like I feel, I feel freaking great. It's like, I'm almost like, it's almost like steroids. Like you wake up after this hard training session and the next day you're able to train again so hard. Totally, man. I mean, I, I, I don't ever get sore anymore. Like crystal gets mad at me because she'll be sore and I'm like, I, I feel totally fine. <laughs> like I don't ever get sore. But I mean, that that doesn't necessarily mean that your body's not getting stimulated because I mean, yep. both you and I are like totally wrecked after after the gym and our strength is going up, our measurements are improving, you know, our we're having hypertrophy, like their muscular development is visible, but it's it's not like you have to be, you know, immobile the next day. Like once you get your macros dialed in, once you get your level of adaptation dialed in, you know, your electrolytes are on par. I mean, everything's solid and you become a machine with your day-to-day function. Like you get quality sleep, you, you function and you go through the day with 
like this set protocol that your body is able to respond well to, I mean, it is it is mind-boggling how much more you can accomplish in such a shorter period of time than if you just kind of like tiptoe on the razor's edge and are constantly going back and forth with your level of dedication. Like most people do that. Most people, you know, they'll they'll fudge the numbers a little bit here. They'll they'll kind of slack a little bit in the workout here. They'll maybe grab a piece of, you know, pie that they know they shouldn't have and they'll just kind of like be there close but not on target. But if you are on target, you're unstoppable. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Why do you think that is? Like I I'm always curious with the mindset of when it comes to training and, and nutrition like why do people fall into the like if they have a goal and they really want to attain these goals like for me I always tell people like it depends on what your priorities are like if your priority is you know uh body composition like body comp recomp or something like changing your body composition mm-hmm. then that's your priority that should be your priority so like if someone asks you to go to cheesecake factory or something like the answer is no, or the answer is, yeah, I'll go, but I'm not going to eat. Like, because you're so dialed in on your goal. Why is it that people like always just kind of fall into that cycle of, okay, they're going hard for, they're doing great for three days. And then all of a sudden they fall off the wagon. I'm so like, it's so curious to me. You know, I could, I could be politically correct and I can make everybody feel happy and I could say, Hey, you know, we're all human. It's okay. You know, it just wasn't your day. We all have tough days. It doesn't matter. But I'm not going to do that because that's not the way I think. Maybe it was at one point in my life. But now, you asking me that question, my response is a simple, they are weak. You know, like it's just that simple. You know, and again, we all have different perspectives. So like someone that's just starting their fitness career and they make it to the gym once that week. That's great. Like I'm not calling that person weak. What I'm calling weak is when you know you can do better and you decide not to. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I could not agree with that more. It's just like the daily habits. It's it's again, it's creating those those daily habits and those the, those things that you can create incremental gains. It's getting 1% better every day and ultimately my view on it is they don't want it bad enough. So yeah, like they're weak. They don't want it as much as they say they they talk about it and they see other people achieving these goals that they want. They don't want it bad enough. Yeah, That's I mean, once kind of once is so it's so fine. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that I want, man. Like I want to have a multi billion dollar business. I want to have a big, you know, truck that I can go to the farm with when take all my buddies and drive around and shoot things. You know, like I I want all these you know superficial things that don't really mean anything. And that's like when you when you have like this superficial layer to it, like when you say, oh, I want to look good, but there's no like underlying value to it, it's never going to happen. Like want in itself is not enough. Like you have to live and breathe it. I mean, you have to vision it. I mean, you have to be it. And that is a hard, that's a much harder button to press than just the I want button because the I want button is right there next to the that was easy button. It just doesn't exist. Exactly. I mean, it's like bodybuilders or any, any high class athlete, like it's, they just, they, you have to be willing to piss a lot of people off in your, in your life, people that you love and things like that, because you're turning down the opportunities to hang out with them and stuff, because you just have this vision of like, I'm going after this and there's nothing that's going to stop me, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, my one of my best friends, like he and I, are, we're good now, but we had like a little falling out there for a little while because he he couldn't understand where I was trying to go with the business. He couldn't understand why I was even putting much emphasis on my health. Like he was the guy that I, you know, knew back in high school before I got into keto, before I got into business, and I'd go, you know, drink beer with him on the weekends and, you know, just shoot the shit. And for him, seeing me like really get things dialed in and focused, it was like, okay, where's the friendship gone? But it's like you have to be able to know who you are, where you're wanting to go, and put in that work to get there. And, I mean, you kind of have to be selfish, but at the end of the day, it's much better to be selfish and reach that goal and then have a much better foundation to help others get there too than to just constantly be on the sidelines and mediocre and never reach any level of accomplishment. Couldn't agree more. The people that want to be in your life, I think ultimately when you're going through the, like, what you want to be doing, are the people that are going to want to be there. Uh, like, it's like that Dr. Seuss quote, right? Like, it's, uh, people who mind don't matter and people matter don't mind or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Butchering that, but it, it's, it's, you know, the people who, you know, understand what you're doing and why you're doing it, they don't care. But other people, they're going to care and you're going to hurt their feelings and it is what it is. Like, you have to be willing to do that. And I don't know, it's just this mindset around, especially around training and nutrition it's like you have to have that mindset because if you don't like if you're if you really want to look like a model or a bodybuilder or something like that you got to go through some hard shit man like there's it's hard work you don't just now genetics can play a role yeah of course but even if genetics are playing a role it's still hard ass work and if you don't put in the work like you're not gonna get you're not gonna attain the goals that you want and it's you, you got could be a metaphor anything else in life as well totally man and it's weird because like people have like when it comes to nutrition and when it comes to training like that is those are two things that obviously are very important like your health i mean you only have one body like treat it like a temple and take care of it but that is two things that very few people really put a whole lot of importance on like like general population and it's weird because they'll see you doing that they'll see you succeeding in that and they've got like these weird little cop-outs to make you feel bad for doing like I've got one family member that says you know that's that's so vain of you to put so much emphasis on how you look or want to do a bodybuilding show or care so much about your health and not sit down and eat dessert with the rest of us like how how dare you be so vain like it like our our lives are more important than how we look and to to them I I look at that and I say look that's just a cop-out to make you feel good about not doing anything for your own damn self I don't do this because I'm vain. I do this because I want to encapsulate and emulate and illustrate to everybody what's possible when you push your mind, body, and soul to the limit. And that is what I want to teach and instill in others. That's I could not agree with that more. That's exactly my thought on everything. And, you know, it, I feel that what happens with people who say that, like, oh, they call it vain or they don't understand what you're doing. So they make an excuse for themselves because they can't do it or they don't want to do it. So they're trying to make you feel bad about doing something. It's like, you know, I track my food. I track every single thing that goes into my mouth, how much water I take in, every single thing. And, you know, people almost try to make you feel bad about that. Like, why are you doing that? You don't have to do that to look the way you want to look. or You don't have to do that. Like, that's that doesn't make any sense. Like, don't you like to go out and have dinner? It's like, 
no, I like doing this because I, you know what? It gives me gratification. I get, I'm so much gratif, uh, gratif, oh God. Uh, <laughs> gratification. I, yeah. So much of it when I like actually do these things that I don't, I don't want to just go to dinner. Like I don't, I don't want to like lose what I've already built upon. And, and I feel like they just say those things because they feel bad about themselves that they can't, they can't do what you're doing. They see you that you're doing an amazing job. I feel like in general, people like to tear people down and there's not as much building up of people that, that goes on. There's more tearing down than building. I would just look at Instagram posts in general, like someone will post a picture of their body and you know, it may not be perfect, but it's perfect for them. And they're like doing a great job. And then you'll see like these 10 comments, like that's disgusting. You look gross. So especially like with a, like, if you look, see like woman posts, like if they have abs and they're like, you look like a man or you look like this. It's like, do you just feel bad about yourself that you have to comment on someone else and they feel comfortable with how they look. So they want to post that. Like, I don't get it. I don't, I really don't understand like why people try to put you down for doing something that you love. Yeah, and it's it's weird, man, because I feel like a lot of people could be listening to this conversation and just assume that you and I think of ourselves as having figured it out or are that 1%. And I know you, and I know me, and I know the you know desired intentions that we have. And it's it could not be farther from that truth. Like, I think I, I speak for both of us when I say our overall objective, kind of what I just said, was like we want to illustrate to others and inspire others to to dig deep within them own self, within their own selves and and pull that that primal instinct and like inner savagery out and make something out of themselves. I mean, there was this woman that emailed me yesterday as a matter of fact, and uh, she said that she has not bought any of the apparel yet because she didn't feel good wearing something that that had the word savage on it. Like she didn't feel like she was worthy enough to wear something with the word savage on it. And I, but she she talked about what accomplishment she was doing, or she talked about you know how she'd been making serious progress towards her degree um, in her education. And I messaged her back. And I'm like, listen, you don't have to look a certain way to be able to wear something that says savage on it. Like you've illustrated to me that you're hustling right now with what you're doing in your family life, in your own personal life, in your own personal health, in your own career path and education. Like that is savage. Like this comes from within. It's not depicted by what you look like in the mirror. That can be a manifestation of it, but that is not the defining factor. hundred percent. Couldn't agree more with that. That's, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Like you could be a savage in any aspect of life. It doesn't have to do with just nutrition and, and training. It has to do with whatever you're doing. Like if you're a savage in it, you're a savage. It could be, you know, schoolwork, whatever it is. doesn't matter. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I just get so upset when people try to tear others down and and I I agree like my biggest thing right now is I'm I'm creating a platform for myself I call it the TW method where I'm trying to optimize human performance in the way of mindset nutrition um, getting stronger and being more mobile and just as a human like human development so you know shameless plug I'm I'm trying to develop this platform online where I can have people come and just be a better version of themselves. So like you said, like, I'm not here saying like, I figured everything out. I don't like, I still to this day, I've been training since I was 13 years old. I don't have the body that I always want. Like I'm always striving for more. And I like, I, I, to me, that's a good thing. Like I, I always want to get 1% better in everything I do. Um, 
it just ha- my life kind of happens to revolve around training and nutritioning. I feel like, you know, having, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's other outlets for this. Like if someone has zero interest in training and nutrition, I'm sure there's like an alternative route for sure. But for me, I feel like, you know, my whole life can be in shambles. But as long as I've got my training and my nutrition in check, which are two things that, you know, everybody, if they stop and like look at themselves in the mirror, those are two things that you do have complete control over. I don't care how much you travel. I don't care how busy you are. I don't care how many kids you have. I don't care. Like you can control what you put in your mouth and how physically active you are. So if those two things are in check and you're at least making somewhat progress every single day in those two things, then no matter how chaotic the rest of my life is or how much in shambles it is, it's much easier to kind of return to a solid state baseline and then progressively get better if I never let those two things go on the wayside. Exactly. Those are the pillars that for my life. I remember when I was in college, there was a time where I was living on friends' couches and the two things that were always like always the same. I would always track my food and I would always go to the gym no matter what. It's like, it's just, it's crazy. So like, those are the two things, like you said, that you can manipulate yourself. And I like, if your life is in shambles or when it's going great, you can always do those. And that's why for me, it's a cop out when people say there's not enough time in the day. It's really, what are your priorities? Mm-hmm. Totally, man. Totally. We're speaking the same language. I love it. I love it. We need to, um, we need to regroup in person, get a workout in. And I want to go to Hawaii, man. Like you're going to be my excuse to go to Hawaii. Yes. Oh, speaking of that, let's like, let's set it up, man. I'm, I'm not sure exactly when we, when we are going to go. Um, that's our big goal. Um, that's what we're saving for. So once we get there, I want to set up a big bro date, man. I want to have my brother out. I want you to come out. I want to invite Danny and I want to go to Lanai and go access deer hunting. Well, that sounds like a plan to me, man. I mean, you had me at hello with hunting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, something that I'm trying to get into more. I, I, you know, I've never really been on a big hunt, so I, I would, I just really want to get into it. Um, if fits my lifestyle. So, yeah, I feel like hunting, I don't know, like this is definitely more of a mindset podcast and hunting podcast, obviously, but I feel like if you are kind of following this general life path with regard to making sure your, your training is on par, your nutrition's on par, you're putting a significance on like your ability to be a, stand-up human i feel like having like this innate primal desire to to hunt and provide for yourself and provide for your family and be able to like go out and you know like harvest something is that there's just so much to be said for that and i feel like it, it just fits perfectly with our you know keto high fat high protein wild game lifestyle yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. It's just all encompassing. It's all comes full circle. In it. And that's why I kind of want to in- incorporate it more, start eating, start eating more, a little bit uh, nose to tail. Um, I picked up some of that suet that you recommended that should be here this week. Nice, nice. So, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, we're all trying to figure this thing out. And I hope that podcasts like this can maybe inspire someone who is in an unfulfilling job to kind of just release that safety net, man. Like there's no better time than now to just get things done. And it's scary. I tell you that much, like it it sucks. Like not knowing when your paychecks come in or things like that, it, it sucks. But I will tell you that when you find something that you absolutely are passionate about, that 
there is you will want you wake up with a fire in your belly that you would just want to create every single day and you're going to love it so like if you're in a if you're listening to this and you're in an unfulfilled job like not saying go out tomorrow and just quit your job i'm just saying like maybe do it in a responsible way but go after what you want like don't wait because you have one life to live and if you're not living it to your full potential like what like what's the use you're just gonna kind of live out your days and then get old and then like go do what you want to do you know how like when you were a kid i'm assuming this was the case for you it definitely was for me but like you know you you wake up on a school day and you 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 roll out of bed like all sleepy eye and your folks tell you to make the bed and you're like running late you're brushing your teeth dragging your feet it's like you're not excited to start the day whereas like on christmas morning you're waking up five hours early and you're jumping out of bed and you're like pulling at your parents covers to go like look underneath the christmas tree i feel like you know that happens every single day no matter how old you are in life like if you're weirdly waking up to go to a job you hate and you're dragging your feet and you can't wait until friday you're living your life wrong whereas if you're waking up on monday before the alarm goes off so that you can get up and get the grinding then you got something figured out and i feel like everybody has that ability you just have to let go of the safety net and figure out what that is for you but then once you find it hold on tight and give it hell because it is the most satisfying thing in the world absolutely in today's day and age like you have every opportunity to do that there's so much that you can leverage to just go out and be a business owner or do whatever you want because there's like it's at your fingertips now you know Mm -hmm. ah man those are great words (laughs) i love it man all right brother where can people go to find out more about you man uh trevor white on instagram um from there you'll have links to my business which is simple um the keto chef which is another thing i do i I put out a lot of keto recipes for people they can see and then uh, tw method which is my more of my nutrition and training programming so just trevor white on instagram that'll give you links to everything beautiful well i will link out to that and let's keep in touch man i mean i will be in touch every day as i update your macros but let's keep in touch on another level and and get that hunting trip figured out and orchestrated let's do some traveling man absolutely brother brother i love to well until next time see you later brother